What's going on, everybody? This is Kodos with the Yolk Christian Podcast. I'm here today with Money Montana. How we doing, Jared? Uh, dude, I'm doing okay. I don't know how it's to good, describe it, good. but I'm doing okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, yeah, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> today we are going over Hebrews chapter 2. Um, Kind of confusing. I know you and I kind of discussed before the podcast, but mm-hmm. it's a tough chapter. Like, we both understand our tra- – like, we both use different translations mm-hmm. of the Bible. You use mm-hmm. NIV. I use CSB. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my oh. voice cracked. Sorry, but yeah. Oh, I use, you're I good. N- it happens. I use NLT. Oh, and LT. Yeah. Okay, you're one of those people. Anyway, so we use different (laughs) translations, and we use these translations because we understand them, and the Holy Spirit kind of helps us understand them, obviously. But so why I'm saying this is we had some trouble reading this. Like, we had to read this one a few times. It's a little confusing. So if you read Hebrews chapter 2 and you need help, well, we're the podcast for you, the Old Christian Podcast. We're going to help you understand this chapter. So, Mm -hmm. sorry enough, chapter 2, 1 through 4, it it pretty much talks about how – Pretty much, we should, we should, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah. We should pay more attention to God so we don't pretty much drift away. It's pretty much how it starts off. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to pretty much talk about that. This, this salvation that we have, like God's salvation, we shouldn't neglect it. Like, yeah. we should not, for, we, like, we should not ignore the great salvation that God has given us. Mm-hmm. It says, this salvation has its beginning when it's spoken of by the Lord and it is confirmed by those who have heard of him. So this salvation, you know why the salvation is so great? You know why God is so great? What's that? Because he doesn't care about the things we've done wrong. You know, I, I made a video about the tapestry once. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw this. I saw that, yeah. Thing. But so if you don't know what tapestry is, it's it's like a rug, I guess you could call it. Like a rug or a blanket. Like on the top, it is beautiful. Like it shows this great, beautiful picture design. But under it, it kind of shows all the string and everything hanging out. So it has to look really beautiful ugly on the bottom but on the top it's so beautiful and Mm. think of it like you and god god is above us so we are looking up we are looking under the tapestry we see all the hideousness we see all of our sin we see all of our ugliness we see all of our bad things but see god is looking from the top of the tapestry he sees Mm. how beautiful it is like he knows underneath it he knows that it's ugly and it's sinful okay i'm not calling you ugly i'm saying you know (laughs) no i follow i follow with me here he he knows that that underneath is there he knows that that sin and all that pain and all that stuff but he sees the top he doesn't care about the bottom See, God loves us for us. He doesn't care about mm. our sin or anything. God loves us because we are beautiful to him. Mm. We are beautiful works of art to God. So I've got a one-liner for that. You ready? Yeah. He sees your beauty despite your folly. Hit it. Anyway. That's it. <laughs> Keep going. <But laughs> yes. So why would we want to escape or, or ignore this great salvation that we have? And, you know, that's that's pretty much the big part there. And it also talks about how faith must point to Christ and not the law. And not, and not the, and not the law. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you like to kind of uh, emphasize on that a little bit there? Yeah, yeah. So our <laughs> salvation, as you described, is given to us through Christ's actions, you know, his mm-hmm. death and resurrection. And so our faith needs to be based on that, on Christ, because that is what saves us now, is by grace through faith in Christ that we are saved. And so... Um, our faith needs to constantly point back to Christ, point back to the gospel. Like you think about it, like um, a lot of times people will preach on aspects of the Bible, but if they don't relate it back to Christ and use that as their salvational message, then what's it for? Because we are told mm-hmm. like to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey God's commands, right? That's in Matthew 28. But 
what good is the gospel or what good is the the teachings that we teach if it mm-hmm. doesn't relate to the gospel, to the good news? Because that is what Jesus is, is the good news for us and that yes. enables salvation. So um, a lot of times because <clears throat> it, the book of Hebrews is written, um, a lot of people that were understanding it, as we talked about at the beginning um, of the Hebrews chapter one, is a lot of them were thinking about ditching the faith and going back to the law because they weren't being properly taught. And so when it, uh, the, the author, whoever it is, uh, is writing to say, look, the, your faith must rely on Christ, not on the law. It's because a lot of the people were relying on the law again. And so, mm-hmm. but yeah. And so and the last point to, about that is that the author of Hebrews confirmed this by saying, look, God is confirming that our salvation is through Christ by allowing uh, God, of course, Christ, uh, to perform signs and wonders and miracles. And, and, and even then on top of that, you've received the gift of the Holy spirit. And so that is evidence for Christ being mm-hmm. who our faith needs to be rooted, rooted in. Yes. <laughs> now that was really good. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, Hebrews chapter two, five, pretty much kind of all the way through 12, eight, or mm-hmm. I guess, uh, eight, it pretty much talks about that. Jesus became human. And it mm-hmm. says, so the main point of all this, it kind of repeats itself, but the main kind of hammer on the nail is uh, 2.9. It says, but we, ha- but we do see Jesus. He, mm. he was made lower than the angels for a short amount of time so that God's grace, he might taste death for everyone, mm. crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So it says that Jesus himself, he was lowered below the angels, which is humans. That's mm-hmm. how on the scale goes, it goes like Satan, demon. Uh, humans, angels, and God, pretty much. Well, it, hold up. It's, it's let's, loosely. Let's, let's, let's yeah, rearrange should... that. Let's rearrange that. Let's say it's on two different spectrums. You've got God, angels, humans. On the other spectrum, you've got Satan, his fallen angels, or his demons, and then also humans. And so that's the tier going both ways, if that that's makes true. sense. That's true. I guess there is multiple. So I only different. want to say that because God, of course, that's is true. Yeah. higher. Yeah. If, if we wanted to merge them together, it would be God up top, Satan, and then it would be uh, angels and fallen angels, and then humans. That's because, that's a better one, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, keep but going. anyway, what that's saying is Jesus Himself, or God, if you will, He was placed lower than the humans so that He can kind of experience what it was like, and also to taste death. And then later on, it goes on mm. to pretty much saying how that now, since children have flesh and blood and... Okay, no, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Sorry here. Uh, no, but what I was saying, so he tasted death because pretty much Satan owned death. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where it is. Oh, it's right here. So it says uh, pretty much that uh, so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, and that is pretty much Satan. Satan pretty mm-hmm. much had death, but now Jesus death, so he pretty much owns it. You know, he mm-hmm. came back. He was like, yo, uh-uh, I own death, not you. <laughs> and so I kind of want to point this cool thing out and it says, so pretty much why was Jesus not a, uh, like ashamed to call his, call people his brothers and sisters? And it's mm-hmm. because we're children of God, just like him. It says yep. now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared these things. Yeah. And so I, I like to say, I like to kind of, Oh, I dropped my headphones. Ooh, that um, is a tough sound to hear. Sorry. I, I dropped, <laughs> I dropped my headphone. That was no, weird. It fell out my good. ear and I kicked it. But, <laughs> I tried to bounce it back up, you know, anyway, so Jesus has a lot in common with us. He was human. And so mm-hmm. that kind of helps to show the next point here um, that Jesus was just human. So uh, where am I at here? I have a lot highlighted. No, oh, yeah. you're good. So 
this next part. So Jesus was human just like us. And I love this verse. This is uh, Hebrews 2.18. And I really want to nail this point in because this is an important verse that you can always use in your life. It says, For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. And I love mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love that because Jesus was tempted many, many times. And Jesus was also human. So Jared, mm-hmm. yeah. you know how Jesus escaped temptation? I sure do, but you want to tell everybody else for me? Yeah, he had God with him. He had God with him. Like, the best way to escape temptation, the best way to fight the devil is with God. So when you're being tempted, quote scripture. That's when right. Being tempted, That's what he did. Get close to God. Pray to God. Turn mm-hmm. on a sermon. Turn on worship music. Do something to get close to God. Like, yeah. I know it's way easier said than done. Like, it is very well way easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. So when, right. when those temptations are coming, pray to God. Get mm-hmm. close to God. Get as close as you can to, I guess, the army that you have with you. Mm-hmm. If you have an, an army with you, like you are a child of God. You mm. have a whole an- a legion of angels behind you. Tell them. Use that to your advantage, man. Yeah, I love that. Drop the mic. Yes, sir. Before, uh, before we keep going, I, I kind of want to talk about Verses 9 and 10 a little bit, because we, we talked about it a little bit. Um, when he says that Jesus tasted death for everyone, and that's what it says. It says everyone. Mm-hmm. But let's think about that for a second. Why does it say, why does the author say that Jesus tasted death? Because, because he didn't really die. That's why. Because he rose again. Because he, yeah. he's, he's living. He ascended into heaven, and he will forever reign, right? And so yeah. I, I love the description and how that tells the story in and of itself. It tells the resurrection story just by saying one word, tasted death. Mm-hmm. because it was only a taste it was only for a time oh, yeah. and so it was it a was, big taste but i, I don't I know mean, yeah, right well i don't know about you but every time i eat something i only taste it for a time i only i it's only for a minute that i taste it and so likewise with jesus he only tasted death for a minute because he rose shortly thereafter right and Facts. so i thought it was interesting that it says by grace because again it was by grace through faith that we're saved but it says by grace jesus tasted death for everyone now i want to point that out that's uh hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 because it says he, his death was for everyone, not, and this is what I'm extrapolating, it does not say only for the elect. However, However. In, in verse 10, because a lot of uh, Reformed theologists and, and Calvinists or whatever, they think that Jesus only died for the elect. No, as John 3.16 also says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. So Jesus, as according to verse 9, did die for everyone. However, when we look mm-hmm. at verse 10, it says, yet God chose to bring many to glory. So what does that mean? That means that God chose the individuals as these the Reformed theology or Calvinists. They would say that God chose the elect to, uh, to come to glory, to be saved. And yes. th- that is absolutely true. So how is it that Jesus died for everyone, but yet God chose who was going to be saved? Because Jesus died for everybody, but God chose who was going to be saved because he knew who was going to be saved as a result of faith in Jesus. And so just to reiterate the point that Jesus tasted death and died for everyone, but God chose those who would be saved. Yeah. So, so I also want to point out that um, once you're saved, you have the same father as Jesus Codus talked about, because as children of God, um, we are made a brother and sister of Christ because Christ is the son and the father is the, the, the father. <laughs> and so we have uh, in terms of structure, um, We aren't the same as Jesus by any means because he sits at the right hand of the Father, but um, we are made brothers and sisters in Christ to the Father. So um, 
but I also think it's interesting as what Codus was saying about how um, in order for Jesus to break the devil's power over death, um, he had to, to die. But obviously Jesus mm-hmm. is God, right? So he can't yeah. die. So what he had to do was he had to humble himself enough to, be, to lower his rank to that mm-hmm. of a human. And then he had to die in his flesh. Because again, God can't die, only our flesh and our body can die. So Jesus' spirit, obviously God's spirit, was mm-hmm. in, uh, had human flesh around it, right, kind of thing. And so that is what died on the cross that day. It wasn't God. Uh, somebody actually asked uh, Codus and I last night in a Bible study. They said, um, when Jesus died on the cross because Jesus is God, didn't God also therefore die on the cross? The answer is no, because Jesus' flesh died on the cross, but the spirit most certainly did not die. Um, and so, mm-hmm. of course, then his flesh was then resurrected. Um, and so anyways, because he was he was sinless. And so he was able his sinless mm-hmm. body was able to go reign in heaven. Um, and so I think that's going to anyways, that's a whole nother, another conversation. Yeah, because our bodies are not sinless. We have sin all around us and in us. And, and mm-hmm. so we'll have to discard our bodies. Our flesh will have to return to dust on this earth. Um, but our spirits will have received a new glorified body in heaven. Um, so anyways, but I say all that <laughs> um, because this action that Jesus did, his death and resurrection, this action saves all is what it says in Hebrews chapter 2. It saves all. So, But it says specifically who is all. It is those who have lived their lives as slaves. Oh, man. To the... I was, I was going to do that. Oh, okay. Take it away. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I was pretty much like, I thought you were about to finish. I was like, I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> That's well, cool. Okay. So then, then you can add to it then. But All this right. action that uh, saves the people who have lived their lives as mm-hmm. slaves to the fear of dying. So I guess, Codus, I'll ask you this and you can go into your segment with it. But why does it specifically say that Jesus' action, his death and resurrection saved those who were slaves to the fear of dying? Um, well, so it says that because, um, people are scared of dying. And so they were slaves. Right, right. To a fear. They're slaves to a fear. But we know that we've talked about this. Like if I died, I know where I'm going. I'm not Mm -hmm. scared. A lot of people Mm -hmm. though are like, man, if I die. I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, like, that's kind of what saved me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that thought, like, if I died, where would I go? And that, yeah. that kind of terrified me. Mm-hmm. And so I did my research. I did some studying. And then I found God, you know. And then yeah. I was like, oh, you know. And then I, I studied more and more. And now I'm to the point where, like, if I die, I know where I'm going. Like, Absolutely. I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to die. But, like, if it mm-hmm. happened, I'm fine. I know where I'm yeah. going. I think uh, – and you're completely right. Um because now, because the, the pain that we've been feeling can't compare to the joy that's coming, so we have full confidence in that. Um, but I think it's, it's not necessarily that, and this is from my understanding, Codus, feel free to let me know your thoughts, but I think he saves those who are slaves to the fear of dying, because what do all people who have the fear of dying um, have in common? They have in common the, the thought that what happens after death. Mm-hmm. And so I think the thought of what happens after death is a seed that God allows us to think so that we can prepare in this life for the next. And so as Christians, yeah. every single one of us that have that seed of the fear of dying, every single one of us that are slaves to the fear of dying, um, all of all Christians have that because we are living this life. Everybody who's truly saved lived this yeah. life 
in such a way that we're preparing for the next because of our fear of dying, because of our, well, what happens in the next life? What happens when we die? Mm-hmm. Thought. And so I think that the reason it says that this, this action, Jesus' action saved those who are slaves to the fear of dying is mm-hmm. because those who have the fear of dying have thought about what happens in the next life. And those yeah. who have properly examined the things that this world has to offer, which is, of course, the Bible and other religions about what happens after death, those who truly seek it and understand it, I believe, based off of what I've read of other people's testimonies, based off of my own testimony, based off of what I've found in the Bible, historically, archaeologically, geographically, mathematically, scientifically, all these things, I believe that it points to, if you truly decide to find the truth about what happens after death, it points to the Bible. And so I think that if mm-hmm. you're pointed to the Bible, then you will be saved, obviously, if you believe that Jesus died and resurrected. So I, I hope that all made sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm going to point out. So it says, you read that verse, but now I'm going to go to the next verse over it. Do it. So it says, for it is clear that he did not, that he does not reach out to, to help angels, but to help Abraham's offsprings. Like, mm. he mm-hmm. didn't come to save angels. They're already mm. saved. He came to help us. He came to help the human race. He came to help us. And I love that. And then it goes on to say, therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way. So pretty much he became human so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God to make anointed for the sins of the people. Mm. I just love that. Like, yeah, God didn't come for the angels. Like, you know, they're there. But he came for us. He loved us so much. I love that, dude. God is good. All the time. And all the time? God is good. But you think about it, and so, like, (laughs) um, but obviously, like you just said, Curtis, like, God didn't come to, or, sorry, Jesus didn't come to die for the angels because the ones that, so, the in different classifications of angels, let's just say we have God's angels and you have Satan's angels because, ultimately, the demons are God's, or, uh, sorry, Satan's angels. Demons are Satan's angels, just to reiterate what I was trying to say, but I stuttered. So, um so ultimately, they all, at one point before the fall of uh, angels, they all experienced life with the Father. They all experienced life with God. I don't and know how you could ever want uh, anything else. Well, that's the thing is it's pride and it's a result of Satan's pride. And so, um, you know, he gathered a third of the angels and they decided that, you know what, maybe we can do it better than God. And so they tried to rebel. And so because they had truly experienced um you know what? It's very interesting. So in Hebrews chapter six, okay, this is written for the context of humanity, right? Um, but I'm going to read it. Um, so Hebrews chapter six, verses four, it says, for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened. And there's more to it, but I think this also applies to the angels because they were enlightened with the presence of God, yet they chose to rebel. So it is then impossible for them to come back to repentance because they were already experienced perfection and mm-hmm. they chose to live without it. And so now they have no chance at redemption. Um, and so at least the fallen angels and of course the, um, of God's holy angels, they are all of course still gods. And so they, um, will live in eternity with the father, of course, um, just like we will if we're saved. But, yeah. um, I, I just think it's, you know, interesting how, uh, I don't know. I enjoy it, obviously, Curtis. If you listen to this podcast, you know how I enjoy spiritual warfare and just knowing the different classifications of angels and demons and how they are viewed in God's eyes as we are compared to them in God's eyes, um, mm-hmm. and how actually we are uh, preferred in God's eyes over the angels is just miraculous to me. Like, yeah, like why would God choose me over an angel? You know what I mean? Like in my yeah. mind, if I'm a, a leader, 
a, a great leader that God is, I'm going to choose my soldiers, which essentially angels are, but I'm going to choose my soldiers to be somebody that yeah. is strong, that is formidable, that is a, a worthy opponent to my adversary. And I'm not going to choose a pesky human <laughs> in a war between right and wrong yeah. beyond what we see in this, this, this dimension, in this life. Um, but yet because God is good, he chooses to love us. And then in, in fact, he fights a war for the custody of our souls. That's how much he loves us. If yeah, we think about that's it, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it, it really is. Like he's, he's doing literally everything he has planned in the entirety of the universe, the entirety of existence of, of everything. <laughs> he has done things the way that he did so that, you and I could have the opportunity to be saved. And of course, Codus, you and I were saved. So he did all that just so you and I could be saved. So that really came for just one person. Like he would have been fine if it was just one person. Yeah. So it's just super, super neat, super neat how God just loves us that much that he's willing Mm -hmm. to sacrifice. Because he has angels angels up there that'll perfectly, you know, love him for the rest of his life. But no, it's crazy, man. Yeah. He was willing to lose a third of his angels for you and Mm -hmm. me. Like, let's think about that. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. Anyways, you anything else you got? God is good, man. That's all. That's, all that's right. Well, if, uh, if you've heard this podcast and you've recognized that God's love for you is so vast that you can't even begin to comprehend how great he loves you, um, and you truly want to give God a shot, and you truly want to show him who you are, and you want to show him that you would like to sacrifice your life in such a way. I don't mean killing yourself. What I mean is that you're willing to sacrifice your wants. You're willing to sacrifice the things of this world all for God's glory because he deserves it. This man, Jesus, this God, Jesus, he literally died for you. And in the book of John, it states that there is no greater love than to die for a friend. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. And so when we think about it, Jesus did that for you and me. So he showed the greatest aspect of love that you can show on that cross. He showed that love for you and I on that cross. And, and so what's the, it's, it's the least that we can do since he died for us to live for him. It really is. And so if you're finally ready to accept that truth and you're willing to live this life for him by sacrificing the wants in this life, the, the wants that you have, then Codus has a prayer for you. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now, please help me to live the rest of this life for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, with that being said, Godspeed.